Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the EdTech Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. This week, I want you to think about your own personal use of social media. After watching The Social Dilemma a couple of times over the last week, I've been thinking about my use of social media and narrowing down what I use and why I use it. I've deleted Snapchat and several other apps because I couldn't justify their use. I've continued to use LinkedIn and Twitter as more core learning apps and Facebook for connecting to family and friends, although I've gone through and changed a lot of my settings and adjusted many aspects of the privacy aspect. I challenge you to look through your phone and delete some apps, in particular social media. What do you not need and what can you not justify? Go through and let me know what you're thinking. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for your questions that you continue to send in. This week, I wanted to discuss one question from Aaron in New Zealand. He asked, On the most recent podcast, you talked about the Social Dilemma documentary. I've seen it, but I'm not sure in what context I should be introducing this to staff, students, and parents at my school. What do you recommend? Thank you for your question, Aaron. After watching the Social Dilemma documentary, it got me thinking about my own and others' social media use. It helped me understand how and why I use social media to connect, engage, learn and grow and how companies are potentially manipulating my data and using it for other means. Let me break this down into three areas for a brief description of how I feel this should be introduced and discussed. Firstly, let's start with students. I feel that this is only suitable for middle school students and above. There's no need to bring anything else into play for anyone younger. In fact, I'd hesitate even using it in middle school, unless there are issues within the school within these particular age groups. For high school learners, it would be a great place for home learning to watch the documentary with a parent and complete some activities or tasks, or even just have some discussions about their perceptions. I can see a tool like Flipgrid or Seesaw used incredibly powerful in this way, and then following it up with some face-to-face discussions at schools. As mentioned in the documentary, I encourage you to open up lines of communication with students about what they think is the cause of device addiction and overuse and how they can be less distracted. Encourage them to create rules at home with mum and dad, I can see a follow-up being the students actively changing or adapting their social use as a result and sharing and communicating this in suitable ways throughout the school, maybe even sharing to parents. For teachers, I feel this is a great piece to watch, especially those of us with children of our own. I would recommend that this could be used in conjunction with some staff professional learning on digital citizenship and social media within your school. I feel it's particularly useful for middle school and high school teachers who should be integrating some of these ideas and practices into their daily teaching routines to explicitly teach and help students understand how to use technology and social media authentically and purposefully. The most influential group here where you can make the biggest impact is with parents. Run some parent sessions. One of the most powerful sessions I have run with an amazing colleague of mine, Laura Day, was called Social Media and Your Teen. We empowered our middle and high school students to lead the session with parents with the theme of social media and an understanding of trust and transparency in the messaging. 
Having your staff and students lead a series of sessions about this with your parent community will be incredibly rewarding. Encourage your parents to watch it at home with their teenagers and create ideas for dialogue to help support them. There are already some great resources out there, so don't hesitate to do some Google searches of your own. I encourage you to invest some time exploring this and watching the 90-minute documentary if you haven't already. If you think your school could do with some help with this type of planning and idea generation, don't hesitate to contact me. The team at Ignite EdTech have expertise to help you in any way, shape, form, and budget. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Loom. Loom is a video recording tool that helps you get your message across through instantly shareable videos. With Loom, you can record your camera, microphone, and desktop simultaneously. Your video is then instantly available to share through Loom. The app can be downloaded as a desktop application, like I use, or a Chrome extension, and shared to any platform once created. Best of all, you can create up to 25 videos for free, and then the packages are incredibly affordable after these 25, especially if you look at this through a school lens. This has been a game changer to me, especially during remote learning, and time zones over the world are crazy. Something that's helped many schools and I work together to deliver engaging content during these challenging times. I highly recommend that you take a look at Loom by downloading the desktop application or Chrome extension. The link is in the description below. Enjoy! Last week we talked about the Social Dilemma documentary and how to discourage addiction to social media. Do make sure you go back and take a listen. This week I wanted to focus on the importance of being authentic and purposeful in everything you do with technology no matter what your role is. When I think about EdTech in schools, I think of making a difference and adding value to learning. As an ex-EdTech director for many years and an experienced educator in the classroom, my motto has always been learning first, technology second. Some of the best learnings I've taught and seen in action don't actually involve technology. When I say authentic and purposeful, I start by asking you what is your why for using technology in your classroom? Take five minutes here by pausing the podcast. If you're a teacher working directly with students, write down your why for integrating technology in your classroom. If you're a leader, then write down why you use technology to support teachers, parents, and students. And if you're an edtech leader or organization, write down why your product or tool should be used by schools and organizations. Pause the podcast now and write down your why. What did you write down? What was important to you? Could you justify the use of technology in your context? If you found that challenging, go back and ask the same of your colleagues. Work together to define a why for using technology and start thinking strategically about the use of technology in your context. Please go ahead and share your why with me and with people around you and hold yourself accountable for your justification. No matter what your context is, you'll never achieve your goals without knowing and working towards achieving your why. Simon Sinek says so perfectly, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it, and that's particularly true in the context of education. Over the next few weeks, challenge yourself and your colleagues to integrate technology purposefully and authentically with a strategic goal in mind. Too many schools move forward haphazardly with technology and think that throwing technology at a problem will help resolve it. Yes, technology can help, but not without knowing your why and having a strategic plan in place to systematically get there. If you need help, have questions, or just want to chat about your school's edtech plan, or if you're an edtech company trying to connect with schools to solve problems, don't hesitate to reach out. I've worked with many schools and edtech companies to help them achieve success, and I'd be thrilled to do the same for you. 
Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Brad Wade. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Brad Wade. You might know him from Twitter as at TechBradWade with 41,000 followers. Brad is a global motivational speaker, futurist and influencer in the field of tech, AR, MR, VR, AI and ML, some of which he's going to have to explain after this. Brad, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk education and technology integration? Well, hi, Craig. Yes, I am. It is an honor to be with you and to be chatting with you. I am excited about the opportunity and I am ready to go talk all things ed tech. Awesome, man. Let's do it. Why don't you start by describing your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Absolutely. So my current role is really the the best way to talk about it is I'm an evangelist, if you will. I go out and I speak about technology and education, technology and industry, how we can leverage it. Uh, so most of it's education. You know, how do uh, you know informing people what all of those letters that you just talked about what they mean, and then how do we truly implement them into the education system? It's one thing to have you know, fun technology come out, but what is meaningful education? Uh, What does that mean for the students? What does that mean for the teachers? What are the realistic expectations? And how do we get started? That's really cool. Yeah, I love that. And I I think you're the right person for it. I love following what you do on Twitter and you're always open to sharing. So that really um, gets me going as well when other people are willing to share and and give everything they've got to help other people out. I mean, we were just talking prior to hitting record on this and you were telling me about some of the work you're doing with governments all over the world. And I guess for me, it sort of sparked a question in my mind about education over the world and what excites you about education? So, you know, being a classroom teacher for 15 years, uh, I taught uh, eight-year-olds mainly for 15 years. And I never thought I would leave the traditional classroom. I was a a teacher for life and I still am a teacher. I'm an educator, but I got the opportunity, you know, in 2012, 2013, I discovered augmented reality and started using it with my students. And I saw something I had never seen before an engagement so deep that I, I truly believed if I could leverage that engagement, I could teach kids anything and I could get any learning outcome I wish. So I spent the next year and a half writing curriculum and practicing and doing that research. And, you know, my research in my classroom that true that proved to be true. And so next thing I know, I was writing about it. I was speaking about it. I was asked to speak about it. I was asked to do professional development. And one thing led to another. And I ended up leaving the traditional classroom and made my classroom the world. So I have a bigger classroom now. And so what I do is go speak at conferences, go do professional development. And as you mentioned, I even work with governments around the world, uh, working with their, you know, education, with their, you know, their science curriculum, uh, you know, just all kinds of different things, how they implement emerging technology, what should they be aware of, how do they get started, what kind of budget, what's the the scope and curriculum look like, their roadmap. And it's just work that I'm so honored to do. And I love doing it because I'm so passionate about 
making education meaningful with incredible technology that is coming out and what we have at hand already. That's awesome. So, I mean, you give a lot of advice to other people. What's your best advice for listeners here today in relation to educational technology? That's a, that's a great question. My, my best advice is just try something, pick one thing. There are so many wonderful things out there, incredible things. All you have to do is search and you'll be overwhelmed. So once you find just something, I would say get started. Maybe it's Google Cardboard for VR, or maybe it's just an augmented reality application for science, anything. Just pick one, try it, and always remember, you don't have to be an expert. Just try it and let your kids know you're trying it, even for the first time. Let them help you, because when you realize that you don't have to be an expert, that you can start it, because your kids aren't experts either, your students. So just Find one thing, get started, try it, and see where it takes you. Because every time I've I've shared that with somebody, they have been just so relieved and excited that they did get started, and it was a wonderful. Um, it's become a wonderful adventure for them. And we've been connected, Brad, on Twitter now for some time. And uh, as I said before, I'm always inspired by what you do and what you share. Tell us a little bit about your choice of professional learning networks. Where do you engage and who should we be connecting with? Yeah, so I, so I engage, it's funny, so I engage in Twitter, LinkedIn, and then Instagram, uh, oh, and, and Facebook, but all of them have a very different area, a very different meaning for me at least. Uh, on Twitter, it's educational technology, but that's more of conversations where you're talking to people, uh, you're, you're asking questions, you're getting connected to the individuals. So an example, if you're on Instagram, you see incredible um, things that people have made, you know, lesson plans, very visually appealing and stimulating. Um, but you don't really go there to talk with the creator. So you may see something, a great resource on Instagram, but you go to Twitter to talk to somebody. So that's that's how I look at those two differently. Uh, on Twitter, I have lots of conversations. I talk to people publicly. I talk to people on direct message. Um, I share resources, share pictures. But then on Instagram, that's where you see a lot of resources see a lot of visual information, uh, some links. And then on LinkedIn is really where I, I share other professional resources. That's where I share more of just about technology in general, some of, some of which the letters that you referenced in the beginning, which I'd be happy to explain any time. And then Facebook to me is more of a personal connection um, with people that if if I'm talking with you on Facebook, I've pretty much I'm pretty sure I've met you in person or we've had conversations. So that's how I use them. They're all a little bit different, um, but I love Twitter for the conversations, and that's where I love talking to people. So why don't you give us um, a bit of a rundown on those letters now? Because I'm sure there's people listening at home going, "What is this guy talking about?" Absolutely. So AR and VR are the first two, and that's augmented reality and virtual reality. And I think most of the people know those. You know, augmented reality is using a device like a phone or a tablet. You can using something like your camera, looking through the lens and getting digital information. Most people have experienced it and they may not know what it was called. You know, virtual reality, of course, is wearing a headset. You're truly immersed in a virtual world. You have no feedback to the traditional world, to what is outside. 
Um, and then mixed reality or XR, MR, XR, mixed reality, that is um, kind of a combination, like a Microsoft HoloLens, to where you're wearing a headset, but you can still see the real world, but you're getting digital assets. It's also some people describe mixed reality or extended reality as in where there are now digital assets that can maneuver in the environment. And that's a, a whole nother conversation. But and then I'll give you the last two, which was AI and ML. AI is artificial intelligence. And most people, pretty much everybody who is hearing this podcast is influenced and is experiencing artificial intelligence more than any of the other technologies that we'll talk about. They just don't know it. Their phone, regardless of what it is, is already using a ton of artificial intelligence every day and is affecting and impacting their life every day. So that's AI. And then ML is machine learning. That is a component of artificial intelligence. Uh, machine learning is um, you know, like it's when your phone gives you a suggestion, like you'll get Siri or somebody say, um, would you like an alarm turned on for tomorrow? Well, the reason why it's suggesting that is because your phone has access to your calendar, your, you know, your, um, your positioning and has your habits and your clock. And what machine learning does is it starts to see patterns and recognize patterns and then make suggestions based on those patterns. Obviously, my phone is not alive, but if it notices that every Tuesday morning, I typically turn on an alarm at 530 and then at 830, I leave and get in my car and I'm always going to the same location. What it might do is say, would you like me to turn the alarm on? tomorrow because it's monday night for you know for 5 30 and then when you get up your phone and you get ready to get in the car it might say you are you know 25 minutes from work and because your computer your phone has started to make these connections and start understanding and recognizing patterns and then making predictions and suggestions so that's machine learning there are a lot of others but those are the main ones that i discuss and i discuss how do we truly incorporate those in education and what impact are they having right now? Thank you so much for that, Brad. I think that simplified a lot of these terms that we hear every day and might not necessarily understand. So I think the listeners really appreciate that. You do a lot of work uh, in schools and with people uh, using technology every day. Point us to an edtech tool that you currently love using uh, in your day-to-day -day work. All right, so a day-to-day -day educational tool. So um, I guess to me, still the biggest thing is anytime I can use my mobile, whatever that is, because you know the reality is, is everybody has a everybody has a phone, and in school we have lots of tablets and we have a lot of mobile devices. I I don't know if I have one in particular, except for I will just say that. I still think the easiest area of entry for educators is using augmented reality on a mobile device, whether it's a phone or a tablet. And the reason why is because the access, most people have them, and the starting point is so easy. And I'll, I'll just give one quick example of one I've been sharing for years, literally years now, and it's still incredible. It's NASA's spacecraft 3D. What that is, is it is an augmented reality app that you can just download, you know, in the App Store, Google Play. It's from NASA and it's so easy to get started. You just download the app. 
you can print up just the target or the trigger. And so you just open up the app, scan the QR code basically, and all of a sudden you have the Mars Rover right there on your table. You can have telescopes, you can have satellites, and it's just such a fun, easy way to explore. And as an example, when I when I encourage people, just try one thing. That's one of the, I have like three or four that I suggest people just try because they're so easy to get started. Um, and they're, once you get in, you can maneuver, navigate. And usually what happens is once somebody sees something like that, they're like, oh, I get it. So can I do this with chemistry? Can I do this with planets? Can I do this with you know culture? Can I do this with anything? And it's absolutely incredible. Um, and the interesting thing, Craig, is I find so many ways to do language arts by using emerging technology. And the reason why is because let's say you're a teacher and you're find, having a hard time finding a resource for what you're doing or you're a language arts teacher. You can pick any engaging experience and then have students write about it. So I, I throw that out there, having taught language arts for many years and writing in particular, and I ended up finding so many of my lessons were writing lessons around experiences. So if you're a science teacher and you find something that you love, wonderful, same thing with you know humanities, whatever it might be, but teachers in things like language arts or writing, you can still use these experiences for an engaging piece and then have students write about it and reflect about it. I love that. I love it a lot. You mentioned earlier on uh, Twitter is a place for you to go and engage in conversations. Uh, I agree. And I also use Twitter for my learning space. It's where I do a lot of my professional learning as well. And I'm sure you do as well. Um, as educators, learning is critical to all of us. Recommend one book or resource that you've either been reading lately or just one of your all-time favorites and tell us why we should be reading it. Here we are. I, I actually just grabbed a bunch of the uh, books off of my my library um, and I'll, I'll share a couple here. The first one is called Learning Transported. Learning Transported is by Jamie Donnelly. Um, and it is actually a great way to get started in augmented, virtual, and mixed reality. Uh, I've known Jamie for a long time. I'd be happy I'll share the information of the book with you if you don't have it. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great starter book for anybody who's not only curious about what are the technologies, but also how can I get started? It's a very good entry-level, classroom-level book. So that's the first one, Learning Transported by Jamie Donnelly. I love that. Um, gosh, I guess I've got a lot here. Um, I can share them off the air, but that would be the one I would recommend. But I have a whole list of books I can share with the resources with you if you'd like to add that in the uh, show notes somewhere. Brilliant, Brad. I'd appreciate that. Now, the listeners here today... Uh, probably thinking, wow, I want to connect with Brad. Uh, I want to learn more. I want to investigate some of the things he does. Maybe I want to work with him. What's the best way for our listeners to follow and connect with you? Yeah, so I'll give you two, two things. One, I would say connect with me on Twitter, at uh, TechBradWade. But if you're looking to get more information and learn, uh, you can go to my website, bradwade.com. And there's a lot there, including a new section called Educator's Corner, which is run by um, 
Michelle Moore, an educator in Florida. She is the content curator. So you can check that out. It has STEM and emerging technology resources there for uh, educators and parents. And you'll also see um, more information about all things about what I do, speaking, professional development, uh, and just all kinds of things that I'm involved in. I would love for people to connect with me on Twitter and stop by and visit my site to get more information. Brad, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, Craig, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. It's always good to talk with you and I hope to see you uh, soon in Malaysia. I'd absolutely love that, mate. Next week, join me for episode 24 of the EdTech Chat podcast when I'm joined by Penel Rip. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully subscribing to the EdTech Chat podcast. Last week, I gave away an hour of free consultancy support from my newly announced team of incredible educators at Ignite EdTech. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is Samantha Cowles. Congratulations, Samantha. This week, I'm giving away another hour of free consultancy support from myself and my team of newly announced members at IgniteEdTech.com. If there's something you need in your school, we can help. Check out IgniteEdTech.com slash our team for more. The link is in the description below. To win this consultancy support, you need to go to bit.ly slash EdTechWin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to do. The link is in the description below. Competition closes Wednesday the 14th of October and the winners will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. If you enjoyed today's episode, smash that subscribe button and share it with your colleagues, friends and families. I really do appreciate your support. Please remember to take two minutes as well to rate the podcast so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite parts of today's episode by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. So check out the links in the description for more. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast. Creating a community for educators to learn, share, and grow. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.